today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Wanting to go to where I I only feel good. I want to hear some positive thinking type of messages. I want to be only encouraged. I don't want to be admonished. I don't want to be corrected. I don't want to be challenged. I just want to feel good. And all the time, so many continue to fall back into the world, the place that they came out of. We see a continual growth also of cultic type groups through, the, again, the rise of the teachings of heresy and apostasy that's brought about by all this deceptive teaching, even within what many would call Christianity. The Lord Jesus' second coming could happen at any day and at any hour. In today's message, Pastor David fans the flames of excited expectation for the Lord's return. If we live as though he could come at any moment as the Bible teaches, we will always be found faithful and diligent. However, If we forget the Lord's imminent return, we're at risk of falling asleep in our Christian walk or becoming sidetracked by the trappings of this world. The fact is that Jesus is coming soon, so we must always be ready to meet him. Now, here's Pastor David with part two of his message, The End of All Things, from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4. In 72 AD, when the Romans overran and conquered completely the Jewish people, they destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, then they dispersed the Jewish people all over the world. And from 72 AD until 1917, there was never even a hope that the Jewish people would ever have a land again. Therefore, all the prophecies that you would read, Old Testament and New Testament, did not make sense for nearly 2,000 years. Because though the Jewish religion was spread out around the land, there was no Israel, there was definitely no temple. But now things are starting to change. There's a, there's a new change in there. And during that time, when, when the Balfour Declaration came out in 1917, is right at that same year, that evangelical leaders around the world, suddenly their ears picked up. Whoa, wait a minute. The Jews are getting a country? Wait a minute, now some of these prophecies. Whoa, what about that prophecy that speaks about, I'll restore that land to you? Maybe that wasn't just speaking of, you know, uh, again, later on. Maybe that's speaking in reality. And so suddenly these evangelical leaders started getting excited. One of those was the evangelist F.B. Meyer, and he sent a letter out to other evangelical leaders within England And in his letter, he writes this. He says, the signs of the times point toward the close of the time of the Gentiles. This is 1917. And he says, and the return of Jesus can be expected at any moment. At any moment. Expectation. Expectation. The return of Jesus expected at any moment. 
There's this growing wave then of Jewish refugees that started coming into Israel from all over the world, coming back to the land of their fathers, coming back in preparation and to reestablish the state of Israel. From that point on through the establishment actually of the nation and the government of the nation in 1948, on through the very events that we see happening in today's world news, prophecy continues to unfold. And because there's so many biblical prophetic signs and passages that deal with these signs of the last times and the last days, Dr. Reagan, I, I like how he put uh, all of these in six different categories. And I want to take the opportunity this morning just to touch on those to help you again, hopefully stir in you once again that excitement that, wow, I do believe the Lord is coming again. I do believe that any day I've been fed a line perhaps for years or I've lost my passion for the reality of his return. Hopefully today it'll restore that. And in restoring that, then even as Peter says to the church, then you might become more serious and watchful, not only in your prayers, but in your life. And when the Lord returns, Will he find you prepared and ready? Will he find you again with your, with your lamps trimmed and ready for his turn, eagerly anticipating, expecting the return of your groom? Or will he find you literally asleep? Or will he find you again just thinking, oh, he'll never return. I can live my life whatever way that I want to. Beloved, the Lord is coming. And I believe that he's coming soon. One of the first categories that Dr. Reagan speaks about is national or natural disasters. Natural disasters. Here we draw from a passage, a multitude of passages, but one in particular, Luke chapter 21, verse 11. And the Lord here speaking to his disciples about those last days. He says there'll be great earthquakes and in various places there'll be plagues and famines. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Now, you're going to probably stop and say, yeah, but we've always had those. We've always had earthquakes and volcanoes and famines and these all kinds of these natural catastrophes. But when Jesus said these things, he also said, but these are only the beginning of birth pangs. Okay, how many of you women here have had children? You, you bore children. Okay, a lot, a lot of women. You know how birth pangs are. They start out, oh, that was kind of, I don't know. I've just heard, okay. I don't want to get too, you know, descriptive here. Okay. They start out small, don't they? Yeah. But they grow not only in intensity, but they grow in regularity. And the husband's sitting there timing them. He'd say, oh, okay, that, that last one, that was five minutes ago. You know, so, uh, but they grow in intensity, they grow in regularity. And I believe in the same way, these last day signs are doing the same way. Reagan, in one of his articles, he writes that between October 1991 and November of 2004, okay, now this is kind of older information, but he said just within those 13 years and just within the United States. So let's just take the United States just for a moment. He says, nine of the ten largest insurance national disasters in history happened between 1991 and 
2004, nine of the largest ten. Between those same 13 years, nine of the ten largest disasters as ranked by FEMA relief costs, the Federal Emergency Management Association. Again, uh, the, the cost that was involved there. He says also that five of the costliest hurricanes in history happened during those 13 years. And three of the four largest tornado swarms in history happened during those times. Now, you have to realize those statistics were only until November of 2004. And it dealt only with the United States. I want to take you for a moment beyond the shores of the United States and from 2004 on a little bit closer into our present time. November 2004 was the end of Dr. Reagan's statistics, but it was December 26th of 2004 that the Southeast Asia tsunami happened just one month later. And in that tsunami, there were over 230,000 people who perished, that lost their lives. 1.6 million plus people were displaced because of that. And then just eight months later, back here in the United States, Hurricane Katrina hit the southern United States. Hurricane Katrina is now to date the costliest hurricane that we've ever had in the United States. They say for it, $125 billion of damage was done through Katrina. Then in October of that same year, over in Pakistan, 30,000 souls lost their lives due to another earthquake. 2006, the next year, again, a, a difficult year for those that lived in Indonesia. Over 6,000 were killed and over 200,000 were displaced because of an earthquake that happened on May 27th. Then in June, a, a huge volcano erupts and a few days later, a flood kills over 200, only to be followed by, in July, another tsunami that took over 650 lives. All of that in the area of Indonesia. Then in 2007... That seemed to be the year for fires and floods. In January of 2007, 47 people died in major rainstorms that moved through all of Europe, brought flooding all over Europe. And then come February in Jakarta, over 340,000 people were left homeless during or because of flood damage. In June of that year, Pakistan was hit again, this time with flooding that impacted 800,000 people. In August, literally millions flee when, uh, from what was called the worst flooding ever in India. And then in October of 2007, 1.4 million Chinese were displaced due to flooding over China. And then in October of that same year, October 23rd, half a million Southern Californians had to flee their homes because of wildfires. Natural disasters, maybe a wildfire, maybe that was started by man, but the dryness of the land, it's just one of the events that's there. 2008. Although it's not quite as drastic as the previous years, still had some major natural disasters worldwide. On May 3rd, 78,000 souls were ushered into eternity when a cyclone hit Myanmar. And 56,000 were missing and 1 million displaced and homeless. Then a few days later, still in May, 
of 2008, May 12th, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake in southwest region of China hit, leaving 80% of the buildings in that region in ruins, leaving hundreds of children dead and buried underneath the rubble of their schoolhouses, and with a total of over 50,000 people dead and 1.4 million homes destroyed. You know, with all of these disasters... Whenever we, we get a large group of people that, that their homes are destroyed or the land damaged, then what comes after that is famine. How do you feed all of those people when these kind of disasters happen? With famine comes other situations, diseases from the people. They don't have good water. They don't have good uh, uh, waste removal. And all of these things become a part of their life. So we move on to 2004. In 2004, again, we see these things continuing on. This is the year that China suffers now the worst drought in 50 years, the very next year after that earthquake. In 2009, it was the year of the global swine flu pandemic, if you remember that, the H1N1 virus that, that moved. Now we've got a global epidemic that's going on, a plague, we could say. 2010, a massive 7.0 earthquake destroyed most of Haiti. We all remember that. As a matter of fact, they're still trying to recover from that. The country is still in a mess. The the country is still suffering with malaria and cholera and massive hunger and dehydration due to the widespread of the disease. That Haiti earthquake happened in January of 2010, January 12th. Then on February 27th, an 8.8 magnitude earthquake hit Chile. Then a few months later in April, many of you will remember this, a volcanic eruption in Iceland. And 23 countries in that area had to suspend air travel because of the ash that was in the area. The economic devastation that that also took place because of that was tremendous. Not to mention lasting health issues as that ash came down and people breathed it in. And then once again, that same year, 2010, Pakistan is hit once again, this time with flooding that left over 30,000 people homeless and over 1,000 people dead. You need to understand that each of these years actually had multitudes and multitudes of natural disasters, way too many for me to list here today, and all over the country. I just tried to pick out some of the bigger ones. Beside Hurricane Katrina that hit the southern United States, which was the highest, costliest, the second costliest hurricane on record to ever happen to the United States, Hurricane Sandy, as it hit our northeast coast. And it's interesting, somebody shared with me last night that they were just watching a report on that and how Hurricane Sandy was kind of scooting the coast until it got to New England, and then it made an abrupt left turn and went into the shoreline. 2013, a 7.3 earthquake hit Japan. The Baja of Mexico was also hit by a 6.4 earthquake. A week or two ago, a major typhoon hit Tokyo. And then a 7.2 earthquake hit the Philippines. 
And Cyclone Phelan, one of the biggest in recent history, came ashore on the eastern coastline of India. And the only reason that there weren't massive loss of life there was because they were able to get advanced warning and millions and millions of people were evacuated from the coastlines of India at that point in time. Again, I could go on and on, and really, I truly could. There is so much there, but you get the idea. Natural disasters, and I believe, again, as you would go and look at the records, historical records, they are increasing in intensity and uh, increasing in action. In other words, there's more of them coming along right after each other and the intensity of it. The second category, this is only the second category. We just finished the first, and we got six of them to go. So listen fast, okay? (laughs) The second category, and I believe this is another one that uh, you'll, you'll, you'll easily agree with me. He says social depravity. Social depravity. We look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, realize this. You need to realize, you need to understand this. He says, realize this, Timothy, that in the last days, difficult times are going to come. For men are going to be lovers of self, lovers of money. They're going to be boastful and arrogant. They're going to be revilers, disobedient to parents. They're going to be ungrateful, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control. I think of the news of just this last couple of weeks and of the motorcycle gangs. And if you ride a motorcycle, this isn't a bash against motorcycles there. But these gangs that, that, that suddenly come along and they just overtake the freeways. And as we saw the the incident over in California where the man was beaten nearly to death because just, again, just the the tragedy of all that took place there. Lack of self-control. Brutal. Haters of good. Treacherous. Reckless. Conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This thing sounds almost like the latest evening newscast, doesn't it? I think we can look at this and we understand that in the end times, there's going to be three things that people are going to love more than anything else. And that's self, money, and pleasure. Self, money, and pleasure. We could look at them and say humanism, materialism, and hedonism. And one kind of leads to another. If I have everything that I want in life, then I'm going to do pretty much everything that I want in life. Self, money, and Pleasure, humanism, materialism, hedonism. We can see, again, with those things, when the world chooses those things, we see the natural consequences of those type of life choices. We see it in our society right now, today, when in our society we are overwhelmed with the sins of abortion, domestic violence, child molestation, adultery, pornography, homosexuality, rage, mass murders through school shootings or bombings in public places, alcoholism, drug abuse. And all of that is being fed a continual diet of an entertainment that's absolutely blasphemy. Suddenly they become the biggest attraction of movies and yet you watch it and you say man it's just filled filled with blasphemy against the things of god against the things of his world how close are we to being as in the days of noah the third category end time category of prophetic things that we see happening spiritual decline spiritual decline again in second timothy this time chapter four 
Paul writing, he says, the time will come when they, speaking of professing Christians, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and they will turn away their ears from the truth, and they will turn aside to myths. Jesus also warned about false Christs, false prophets, false teachers that come in and they bring false doctrines and they lead many astray. We see an ever-growing trend even within the church today just simply to have the ears tickled. Wanting to go to where I, I only feel good. I want to hear some positive thinking type of messages. I want to be only encouraged. I don't want to be admonished. I don't want to be corrected. I don't want to be challenged. I just want to feel good. And all the time, so many continue to fall back into the world, the place that they came out of. We see a continual growth also of cultic type groups through, the again, the rise of the teachings of heresy and apostasy that's brought about by all this deceptive teaching, even within what many would call Christianity. It was a report out just this week because they built a new temple up in the Phoenix area of the rise of, of Mormonism, rise of the LDS, to 13 million right now that they claim on their roles. And yet the teaching of Mormonism is so false and so misleading and so heretical. And it's not just them. There's a multitude of those types of things that are going on right now. We see within the world culture an ever-increasing interest in the occult. Is there any surprise why movie series such as like Harry Potter or the Twilight Saga were so popular? And just about anything about zombies right now is a hit, right? You know, all you got to do is have a zombie in it and people flock to it. Oh, this is great. Problem is, that's even among Christian young people. And along with this interesting and building interest in demonic, on the demonic realm, we also see a, a rising popularity in what's called the Slayer type movies. These gory, intensely gory horror type movies. Beloved, I think that that's a clear sign that we as a culture, we are continually moving further and further away from righteousness and we're replacing it with wickedness. Isaiah said, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Fourth category, the world political scene. That could be a hot topic. <laughs> well, let me bring it to a different direction than what you might be thinking of. Okay. Jesus said in Matthew 24, he says, you'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And here again, well, the words of Dr. Reagan, he says, the magnitude of warfare in the 20th century is another fulfillment of end time prophecy that's related to world politics. The 20th century was one of unparalleled war. Like birth pangs, the frequency and intensity of war increased exponentially. Open 
Though we've come to the end of our time with you today on The Open Word, you don't have to wait to hear more from Pastor David Landry. In fact, Pastor David's here to tell you more. Thanks, Chris. The Open Word has an archive of previous messages ready to be listened to, downloaded, and shared at theopenword.com. Simply click on the teachings link at the top of the page. You can also take The Open Word with you as you go by subscribing to our podcasts. This can be done through our website or by searching for The Open Word on iTunes. By subscribing, you'll have sound biblical teachings with you anytime and anywhere. Thanks, Pastor David. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast as well. As soon as we post a new message from The Open Word, you'll receive a notification. This way, you'll never miss an update. While you're on our website, you can learn more about what we believe as a ministry, as well as find out ways to support us. One way is through prayer, something we're always grateful for. We need to make sure we're focusing first on Jesus, then on what we're creating. We want every edition of The Open Word to come from the Savior, not from us. Your prayers for us help us do this. Would you also pray for the listeners of The Open Word? Pray that hearts and ears would be open to Jesus and that the gospel will continue to spread throughout the earth. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in today to The Open Word.